and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you another chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. This book is the first in the Devlin O'Quinn mystery series, and it tells the story of Devlin's daughter, Jenny. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devlin O'Quinn series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, that's jcbodden.com, for more information, and the link to my Amazon page. Now, let's not wait any longer. This is episode 122, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 22, Meeting. Jenny's Story I finished my sandwich and took a few gulps of the soft drink, then decided to wash my face. First, I locked my apartment door, smiling as I remembered Joe's expression when he had been able to simply push it open. In the bathroom, I decided I wanted a shower. The steaming water did, indeed, soothe my jangled nerves. I stood there for a long time. One of the advantages of living in a dorm with six huge boilers was the nearly unlimited supply of hot water at least as long as no one had turned off the valves. When I could stand it no longer, I got out and wrapped my hair in a towel, pulled on my robe, and went into the bedroom. I drew the shades and lay down on the bed. My head was pounding, and I pulled the extra pillow over my ears to drown out the noise from the dorm. It seemed like just a short time later that I heard banging on my door and my father calling my name. Disoriented and thinking I was at home, I stubbed my toe as I fumbled through the dark apartment to let him in. I had slept all afternoon. Hey, Dad. I had to pull the robe tight. What time is it? It's about 7.30. Have you been sleeping? Dad took my hand and led me into the apartment. I flipped on the light and we sat on the couch. I was just going to lie down after my shower for a minute or two. I had such a bad headache. But I guess I really conked out. What's up? I pulled the towel off my head. I was checking on you. You didn't answer your phone and I was worried. The the lines around his eyes made him look tired as he squeezed my hand. Dad, I don't think my phone is working from the other night. It hit the ground when Amy, I mean, when I hit Joe, when I thought he was, anyway, you should have called the room phone. He ran his fingers through his hair, a sure sign of his distress. Are you sure I can't talk you into coming home tonight? Dad, everything is going to be okay. Jenny, sweetie, come on, hear me out. I've just... Listen, let me get some clothes on. I closed the door to my bedroom and dressed quickly in jeans and a tattered sweatshirt. I groaned when I looked in the mirror at the tangled mess of hair still damp and the towel marks across my forehead. I picked up my hairbrush and went into the small living room with Dad and sat on the couch beside him, pulling the brush through my hair. I know you don't want to hear this, Jenny, he began, but I really would feel better if you came and stayed with me, at least tonight. I know, Dad, but the police are going to be here, and I talked to most of the girls, and they're going to stay. Everyone is going to be looking out for each other. I told them that we would get through this together. It would be hypocritical of me to not stay here with them. Okay, then I'll sleep here on the couch tonight. Dad. What? He raised both his hands. I can't have a male guest overnight. I'm not a guest. I'm your dad. Dad. Seriously, Jenny. I know, Dad. 
Seriously. Jenny. Dad. Daddy. Please, no. I'll be fine. I patted his knee. I promise. He sighed as he pushed himself up off the couch and walked to the door. You have your mother's stubborn streak, he said with a shake of his head. Most people think you're the stubborn one, Dad. He opened the door and we were both surprised to see Carrie Wagner, his hand poised to knock, standing on the other side. Oh, hello, Dad said. Yes, hello, De Detective O'Quinn, Wagner answered, clearing his throat. I was just coming on duty for this evening's shift and I wanted to check on your daughter. He looked past Dad to me. Hello, Miss O'Quinn. Hello. I wasn't sure I was up to talking to Wagner, but at least I was dressed. Dad looked from me to Wagner with a raised eyebrow. I knew that look. It was the same one given every boy who came to the house to pick me up for a date. Not that I had that many dates in high school, but I had seen the look once or twice. Well, officer, thank you for stopping by. When Wagner made no move to leave, Dad squinted again at me. I shrugged and kept working the brush through my hair. Um, okay, I'll talk to you later, honey. He stepped past Wagner into the hallway. Oh yeah, by the way, it looks like all the doors have been painted. I jumped off the couch and stepped out into the hallway beside him. Up and down the hall, each door had a fresh coat of paint glistening in the hallway light, not just the ones that had been vandalized. Joe was here this afternoon. I slept right through all this work. Wagner grunted and Dad and I turned in surprise. What? I asked. Oh, yeah, Joe, boy wonder of university maintenance. Whoopee. Wagner twirled his finger in the air. I mean, how hard is it to paint a door? I looked at Dad. Wagner here has a thing about Joe. Oh, tell me. I looked up and down the hall and then motioned the two of them back into my apartment. Shh, y'all come back in here. I don't want anyone to hear this. I closed the door behind them and leaned against it. Wagner's crazy, Dad. I don't believe any of what he says. And I thought he had dropped the subject altogether. Sorry, Jenny, but you know how cops are. We get a hunch and we go with it. Right, Detective O'Quinn? Hmm, why don't you just tell me? Dad folded his arms across his chest. Wagner opened his mouth to answer, but I interrupted. Dad, it's insane, really. He thinks that Joe is doing all this. I threw myself down on the couch. Go ahead, tell him. Dad's eyes were on my face for a moment and then turned back to Wagner. I'm waiting. Tell me about this hunch. Wagner cleared his throat and shot me a look before he began. Jenny and I had this conversation yesterday before the paint job. I mean, I think at this point it's very likely that the things that have been going on, the stuff here at the dorm, as well as the attack on Amy Patterson, are connected and all done by the same person. At least it's something we need to consider. And... We know the person who's messing around here at the dorm has to have unrestricted access, someone who can come and go without the residents even noticing, someone like a maintenance worker, someone with a pass key, and Joe shows up after each one of these events. Dad held up his hand to stop Wagner. So, you think that Joe did this? All this? He looked sharply at me. And you discussed this with my daughter? Why didn't you tell me, Jenny? Dad, it's ridiculous. Joe wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, he's been here, but so have I, for that matter. Am I a suspect? Come on. Aunt Tilly would have your head if she knew you were even discussing him as a suspect. I know how Tilly feels about the guy. Mickey, too, for that matter. 
Joe seems like a nice enough kid, but you've got to admit, some of what Wagner says makes some sense. He has some good points. They should be cleared up. It would be better to exonerate Joe, don't you think? But Dad... Dad interrupted me as he walked over and sat on the couch. Frankly, sweetheart, Wagner isn't the only one with suspicions about Joe. Remember, the obvious suspect is usually the right suspect. So let me just ask you this question. That night, the night of the attack, Joe had bloodstains on his hands and pants when he got to the station. Yeah, of course. He gave Amy first aid. He was kneeling beside her, using his shirt to help control the bleeding. Of course he got blood on him. So did I, for that matter. Right, and based on that, we didn't really question it. But in light of what Wagner has proposed, if Joe had been the attacker, he could have had some of her blood on him, probably on his hands, before he started giving her first aid. So, I want you to think back. When Joe first got to you, where you were standing there with Amy on the ground, think back to what you saw. Come on, Dad, it's silly, really. Jenny, this was Dad's no-arguing tone, the second time I had heard it today. When Joe first got there, before he started helping Amy, were his hands, his jeans, were they clean? When exactly did the bloodstains appear? I closed my eyes, picturing the scene. After he knelt down, definitely, I'm sure of it. All right, honey, how can you be sure? When he came up behind me, I slammed him in the gut. He scared me, and I reacted. But then I turned around and saw it was Joe. But what about the blood? Wagner prompted. After I knew it was him, I took his hand. If he'd had blood on them, it would have transferred to me. But it didn't. My hands were clean. There was some blood on my jeans from where I knelt down, and even on the bottoms of my shoes, but not on my hands. Dad looked at Wagner. Well, what do you think? I think your daughter would make a good detective, Wagner admitted with a smile. That's pretty convincing. Assuming, of course, that an attacker would have had some of Amy's blood on his hands, he added. I wiped my hands and then folded my arms. We're dropping this, as far as I'm concerned, and we're dropping it now. We've got a dorm-wide meeting at 8 o'clock, remember, Wagner? Look at me. I need to get ready. And, Dad, I need you to go and find who really did this. I herded the two of them out the door. I've wasted an entire day here worrying about all this mess, being scared senseless by Stalker Man, who is most definitely not Joe, and I'm tired of it, you hear? I can't get ready for my meeting with the two of you standing around asking me stupid questions about the one person who's been here helping me all this time. I stopped my rant when Dad drew his breath in sharply. Sorry, Daddy. I didn't really mean that. You're always here to help me. I kissed him on the cheek. But right now, I've got work to do. And you do, too. Go catch the real bad guy. And, Wagner, I'll be downstairs in a minute or two. So go. Go on, both of you. Shoo. I gave them each one a final push out the door. Dad and Wagner looked at each other and then back at me. Okay, honey, if you say so, Dad said with a slight smile. I'll be in the lobby when you're ready, Wagner added. When I arrived in the lobby a few minutes before eight, I was surprised to see most of the residents there. The last dorm-wide meeting had been much less well attended. This time, however, the women looked worried and nervous, and I knew it was my job to reassure them. With Wagner's help, I climbed up onto the desk so that everyone could see me. Hello? Yeah, um, hi. Can I have your attention, please? I called, trying to make sure I was heard over the noise. 
The murmuring died down quickly, and all eyes were turned to me. Suddenly I was nervous. I forgot what to say. Wagner said gently, It's all right. Just tell them what's going on. I smiled down at him from my perch. Thanks. Some of you know some things, and some of you know other things, and I'm sure that there's been a lot of rumors, too, so let me start at the beginning. There's been some missing things here in the dorm, some clothes, makeup, hairbrushes, pictures, even some money. And a lot of you remember the morning that there wasn't any hot water. Someone had been in the locked boiler room and turned off the valves. I paused and looked down at Wagner again. He nodded his reassurance. You're doing great. I took a deep breath. And then a student, Amy Patterson, was attacked last Saturday night on campus. I was there. I had just walked out of the library when it happened. I paused to let the excited murmur pass through the room. And a lot of people think that this Amy girl looks a little bit like me. The murmuring this time was more pronounced. Dana said, It's true, they've both got red hair and freckles, and I held up my hand and waited for their attention again before I continued. The next morning after the attack, someone broke in one of the front windows in the lobby here, and sometime last night, someone painted my name on the doors of the upstairs hall. Now there was complete silence in the room, the residents staring at me with wide eyes. Dana, who was sitting close to the front, raised her hand. Are you saying that all this stuff is connected? That it's all being done by the same person? We don't really know. I looked at Wagner. Let me introduce Officer Wagner from Campus Police. He's going to explain about the investigation and also about the new security procedures for the dorm. Wagner climbed up on the massive desk and stood beside me. I noticed again how muscular his arms were. Good evening, ladies. I'm Carrie Wagner. I want y'all to know that campus security is doing all it can to figure this out. We don't know at this time whether all these things are connected or not, but we are not making any assumptions one way or the other. If anyone has information that you think might be related to any of this, even if you're not sure, please don't hesitate to fill me in. He paused and smiled at the sea of faces looking at him. I was struck by his self-assurance. I looked around at the women. They seemed much more relaxed now. Now, let's talk about what we're going to do around here, he continued. Everyone in here needs to make security a top priority. The front doors will be locked all the time, not just at night, so carry your key with you whenever you leave the dorm. When you're coming in the dorm, if someone you don't know is trying to come in too, don't hold the door open for them and just let them in. Don't be afraid to ask questions, their name, if they live here, what room, that sort of thing. You don't want to just invite in any old crazy person just because you're nice. He stopped and smiled at the women around him, and most of them smiled back. And you should stop coming and going out the back doors. Only use them in case of a fire emergency, and make sure that they're never, ever left propped open. In fact, in the next couple of days, those doors will be equipped with emergency-only locks, which means that an alarm will sound whenever they are pushed open. Also, be careful about going out, especially at night. Use the buddy system. Let your roommate or a hallmate know where you're going and when you're going to be back. Keep your cell phone charged and take it with you and your key whenever you leave. If you see something or someone that makes you nervous, remember that it's better to be safe than sorry. And lastly, someone from campus security Either myself or one of the other guys is going to be on duty here around the clock until this is all figured out. 
He rubbed his hands together and looked around the room. I'll be here tonight if any of you have any questions. He turned back to me. Can you think of anything I left out? No, I said, relieved that I didn't have to talk to the group anymore. I think you covered everything. Wagner jumped down off the desk and turned to help me. He grabbed my hand, but my foot slipped, and he had to catch me around the waist to keep me from falling. Whoa there, girl, he said. He set me on the floor, and I looked up at his face. He smelled faintly of cedar aftershave, and I noticed again just how strong his arms were. It took me a second before I stepped back out of his arms. Thanks, I mumbled. Before anyone could gather themselves up, Marcy climbed up on the desk. Ladies, ladies, she called out urgently. I need to talk about something else, just for a second. The women stopped stirring and looked at her. I'm Marcy. We're going to have a dorm-wide talent show, Friday night. The winner will be entered in the campus-wide homecoming show. It's a really big deal here on campus every year, and it would be so great if we had a super freshman representative. It'll be fun, and we need something to take our minds off of all this negative stuff. If you are interested, we're going to have a meeting here in a few minutes, so stick around. She jumped down off the desk and stood beside Wagner and me. Wow, Marcy, I, I had no idea you were going to do that, I said. Oh, it's okay, isn't it? I mean, I just thought that since everyone was here and all. I resisted the urge to shoot the whole thing down, reminding myself that not everyone was as upset as I was. It's fine. Let me know how many girls are interested. The residents started milling around the lobby. Several came to Wagner and began asking him questions. Marcy leaned over and whispered in my ear, Wow, I had no idea about that, all that other stuff. I'm so sorry all this is going on. I think we need this talent show now more than ever, don't you? I'm fine, thanks. Marcy, I realized, had a one-track mind. Well, I do want to talk to you soon about setting up for the show, she bubbled on, ignoring my sarcasm. We'll need a microphone and a spotlight. Latoya is a theater major, and she told me that she thought she could borrow some stuff. And I thought we could hang some sheets on the stairs to make a stage. Samantha said she would make posters and... Listen, Jenny, excuse me, Wagner interrupted and smiled at Marcy. I thought she would melt into a puddle on the floor. I've got to step out for a second. A call is coming in. I'll be right back. Marcy turned to me. God, what a hunk, she whispered. I hope he's here every night. For security, of course. I've got to go. I'll talk to you soon. God, he's a hunk, she repeated. I felt myself blushing. Well, he's just... Yeah, whatever, Marcy smiled. He's just... She nudged me and then balked over to the corner where the girls interested in the talent show had gathered. Joe's Story when Joe got the message to look at the dorm water heaters early one morning, he knew he needed to get there quickly. He worried that the situation could, in fact, be dangerous. He got to the bottom of the stairs in time to see Jenny walk through the boiler room door and hustled down the hallway. Luckily for everyone, there was no smell of natural gas. Inside the ancient room were six huge boilers. Jenny was standing in front of them, her back to the open door, her hands on her hips in her characteristic pose. That's weird, Joe said to her back, then regretted it when she jumped at his voice. Sorry, I thought you heard me. Joe was surprised to see the valves off on all the boilers. This was not some sort of mechanical failure, nor something that had been... Joe was surprised to see the valves off on all the boilers. This was not some sort of mechanical failure, nor something that had happened accidentally. This had been purposefully done. 
Joe relit the pilot lights quickly and explained the situation to Jenny. Still, he was worried. Turning the valves off on the water heaters seemed like more than just a practical joke. He wondered if this had anything to do with the guy who had come to the dorm looking for Jenny. He didn't want to scare her again, but he resolved to watch Willow Hall more closely. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks so much for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for the next episode of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.